reading a, a thank you note. Miss Nancy Smith gave this to me, and I want to share it with you. The McCaslin and Smith family would like to thank you for all your kindness shown to us during the loss of our loved one. Thank you for the prayers, phone calls, cards, text messages, the beautiful plant, and the food prepared for our family. Thanks also to the kitchen ladies and for all the hard work they do, and to Brother Howard for all the kind words spoken at the funeral. Love to all the family of Steve McCaslin. So I want to uh, encourage you to remember, uh, remember this family as they continue to mourn uh, the loss of their loved one. And Miss Nancy, we thank you for those words this morning. Congratulations to you guys, the seniors of the class of 2019. What an exciting time this is for you. However, for your parents, it's a little bit bittersweet. Uh, just think about it. They are proud of you for all the accomplishments that you have made, as, as all of us are. However, imagine their shoes. You have been in their life for 17 to 18 years. And now all of a sudden it's time to, uh, to, to push you out into the world. And so I want to encourage you to be patient with them. Bear with them during this time. They are proud of you and they are excited for you. Today we celebrate with you as you begin to finish one phase of your life and as you move on to the next phase of your life. And so with that in mind, this is a, this is a time that, that your parents have prepared you for and that you've been working and looking forward to. And with that in mind, I want us to think this morning just about some brief fundamental things that can relate, especially to our graduates, but really can relate to all of us. You know, you think about athletics. You've heard coaches on television talk about sometimes we just need to get back to the fundamentals. Uh, they, they say that about their team. We need to go back to the fundamentals. In athletics, the, the athletes who do well on the field are what? The ones who have practiced and practiced and practiced the fundamentals, right? They've worked at the fundamentals. And they do well. When an athlete might be struggling, what will they say? The same thing the coach says. I need to go back and work and refine my fundamentals. And so with that in mind this morning, I want us to think about from Psalm chapter 19, some fundamentals for us in the spiritual life. You see, fundamentals are important in life, especially the athletic life, but fundamentals are important in life in general, but also even more important in our spiritual lives. And so I want us to think about some of these fundamentals that we can find in the book of Psalm chapter 19. First of all, I want you, I want you to note in uh, Psalm 19 verses 1 through 6. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows His handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone through, out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them He has set a tabernacle for the sun which is like the bridegroom coming out of the, his chamber, and rejoices like a strong man to run its race. Its rising is from one end of heaven and its circuit uh, to the other end. 
And there is nothing hidden from its heat. The first fundamental that we see here in Psalm chapter 19 is that God is proclaimed in His creation. Some might say that God speaks through His creation. Psalm 19 in verse 1, the English Standard Version says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. Creation has a message for those who will notice. For those who will pay attention to His handiwork, creation has a message. It's as if God has put before us a giant movie screen that's on a constant reel that we have the opportunity to enjoy each and every day. One person told a story about when they were in Southern California and they said this, Late one afternoon, we went down to the pier and joined a crowd of people to watch the sunset. You have it in your mind? The sun glowed bright orange, then red, purple, and pink as it sank into the wide waters of the Pacific. Beautiful. Beautiful. As the last light faded away, a man in shorts and a t-shirt started clapping, and soon everyone was clapping. In the beauty of that sunset, we saw something of the beauty of God. And people in that crowd clapped at the movie that God had placed before them. You see, God speaks in His creation. Back in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, you remember the Bible says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And it's interesting as you you go through Genesis chapter 1 and you'll find these words in the days of creation. Then God said... You see, God spoke these things into existence. All the things that we have the opportunity to see every single day. And we have a front row seat. And we have the opportunity to enjoy that. So the next time you're having a bad day, I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you to look around. Pay attention to the movie of creation that is before us every day. And hear God proclaim His glory. Hear God speak the message that He is the Creator. That His handiwork speaks. Someone said this, The more we discover in the heavens, the more clearly we see God's power. The magnetosphere... A magnetosphere is a magnetic field surrounding the earth, reaching 36,000 miles into space. It deflects most of the damaging particles of the solar wind into radiation belts around our planet. Some of these particles funnel down to the north and south poles where they create the northern and southern lights. God is an amazing electrical engineer who designed the magnetosphere to make the skies beautiful as it protects Our planet. What an awesome God we serve. And we can be reminded every time we look up into the sky, every time we open our eyes and we see this movie clip continually going, we can see the handiwork of God. Someone has said, Glory is explained like this. Listen to it. Glory is that asset which makes people, individuals, and even objects impressive. 
see, God has revealed Himself and He speaks through His creation. And His creation proclaims how important that is. And guess what? You and I, we also are a part of that creation. God's glory makes all of creation, including you and I, impressive. Folks, that makes everything, everything impressive. The world that we live in and you and me. In verse 2, notice... The psalmist would say, day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. Someone says, literally, it's as if every day is gushing out like a fire hydrant. Have you ever seen, when the, even when they're testing or when they're opening up a fire hydrant and that water is just gushing out, they say, literally, that's the way God's creation is. Where one day leaves off, another day picks up. Where daytime ends, nighttime picks up. You know what else? Language and culture is no barrier to the glory that God has proclaimed in His creation. No matter what language a person speaks, no matter what culture a person lives in or is from, we all, all of God's creation, all humanity, we have the opportunity every single day to open up our eyes and hear God speak through His creation. Even the Apostle Paul, notice it if you will, wrote in Romans chapter 1 and verse 20, For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Wow. What an awesome God we serve. You may say to yourself, you know, I don't, I don't hear God through creation. Think about it this way. If someone were standing five feet away from you and you were to shout to them and they didn't acknowledge you, one or two things are happening. Either they don't have the capability to hear you or they're ignoring you. And folks... According to Scripture, that's the way it is with God's creation. Either we don't have the capability to hear Him through His creation, or could it be sometimes we're ignoring Him? What a God we serve. That even, the Bible says, the heavens declare the glory of God. But notice in the second place, beginning in verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect and converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. 
The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More are the are more to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. You know, one can look out in, up to the sky. One can look out into the creation that God has given to us and can see God. But the reality is we really cannot know God or have a relationship with God without His Word. You see, God speaks through His Word. You think about the Holy Bible. That's been one of the greatest books of all time. Greater than any other book in any bookstore on our, or on Amazon or anything. It's always been the Bible. And it's not just any other book. You've been given some Bibles we call the Word of God. Because that's what it is. It's the Word of God. One person explained it this way. If you go to Gilcrease Museum in Tulsa, you can spend hours enjoying Frederick Remington's bronzes. A, a sculpture he catches, or as a sculpture he catches a horse floating in mid-gallop with its mane whipping in the wind. You can feel the weariness of the mountain man leaning back in the saddle. He catches the energy of four young cowhands in coming through the rye. All this is enough to convince you that Remington was a true master, but it doesn't tell you anything about Remington as a man. It doesn't tell you what kind of person he was, where he was born, what his middle name is. And in the same way this person says, we can see the glory of God in the universe, His power, majesty, and wisdom. But we cannot know Him personally without His Word. I want you to notice a few things that the psalmist says here about the character of the Word of God. There's so many things that stand out here uh, about God and His Word. He, he calls these judgments. He calls them clean. He calls them enduring forever, enlightening the eyes, pure. He calls them righteous. He calls them uh, much better than, than gold, than much fine gold, much sweeter than honeycomb. He also mentions in verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul, the English Standard Version says. The word law is the Hebrew word Torah, which many times refers specifically to the law of Moses, but here is likely referring to all of Scripture. God's Word is perfect, it is complete, it is blameless, it is without blemish. Also, he says, God's work, uh, God's perfect work, Word begins life to the human heart, or brings life to the human heart, reviving the soul. The phrase reviving the soul is also used for food that restores strength and vitality. There is the sense here that the law of the Lord is spiritual food. Hello? The law of the Lord is spiritual food. The psalmist would write in Psalm 23 and verse 3. The Lord is my shepherd. You remember that passage? In verse 3 he says, He restores my soul. 
You see, when we, when we really pay attention to God's creation, we can see God. And when we really open up His Word, we hear Him speak. And guess what? The psalmist says, He revives the soul. He restores the soul. Remember when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness? In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus Himself said, Man shall not live by bread alone. He said this to Satan, the tempter, the great deceiver. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Why do we call this the Word of God? Scripture says it's God breathed. It's from the mouth of God. The Word of God was spiritual food for our Lord Jesus Christ. And it should be spiritual food for us as well. You see, without food, what's going to happen? We're going to starve. Without the Word of God and spiritual food, we will starve spiritually. Notice he also says in verse 7, God's Word also teaches us, the testimonies of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The Bible makes wise, makes us wise and teaches us how to live. One person tells this story about his mother. When she was a senior at Wheaton College, she took a class called Christian Education in the Family. And on the last day of class, Dr. Lebar tried an experiment. She asked, How many of you think your parents followed the principles we've discussed in this class in your family? And, he, and the person says, My mother raised her hand. She thought her parents had followed what she had learned in class. And she expected other students at this Christian college would feel the same way. But she was shocked to see only one other girl had raised her hand out of 40 students. After a long train ride home to Chicago from Brooklyn that Christmas, she found some time alone with her father. And she asked him, Dad, you've never made it past the 8th grade. How did you learn all these principles of Christian parenting that I'm only learning as a senior in college? Her father didn't say a word. He was sitting in his favorite chair. Right next to him was his Bible. He picked up his Bible. He looked at it. And he looked at her. And he laid it back down. And she knew what he meant. She knew the, play, the place God's Word had in his life and in their home. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Making wise simple. But also notice in verse 8, the psalmist says the precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. God makes us alive through His Word. He makes us wise and He makes us glad. Without God's Word, what? We are in the dark. We stumble through life, walking in the walls and falling into one ditch after another. With the light of Scripture, we see ourselves as we see, and we see the world. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 119 and 105, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Someone described God's Word this way. God's Word is the greatest treasure for those who love Him. We love the Bible more than we love money. 
More than fine gold, God's Word is our greatest pleasure. Sweet honey represents the pleasure of the senses. The finest tasting food, the best smelling perfume, the most fashionable clothes, the fastest cars, the best new song, the Bible is better. But do we feel that way? Do I love the Bible and treasure it? If you know God, His Word will be your treasure. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 21. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The psalmist reminds us, God proclaims His glory through His creation. And that includes us, by the way, and I'll have more to say about that in just a minute. And God speaks through His Word. This book is so, so important and fundamental to our spiritual life. can't leave this morning without issuing you guys a challenge. The reality is, I mentioned that this, this lesson is fundamental. So as fundamental as it is for these 12 graduates, guess what? It's as fundamental for you and for me. Three challenges briefly and we'll close. First, never ever forget God is all around. His creation is proclaiming His glory every single day. Even on cloudy and rainy days. Guess what? His creation proclaims His glory. Remember what we said about His glory? Glory is that asset which makes people or individuals and even objects impressive. You see, that includes you and me. Graduates, let me say something to you as I say something to all of us. Hear me now, right here. You are special. Do not let anyone ever tell you any differently. And you know why you are special? Because God has created you. God has created you the way you are. He, he, he's given you the personality that you have. And that makes you, that makes us impressive. Don't ever let Satan tell you any differently. You are impressive, not really because you can do so much, but because you are God's creation and His glory speaks through His creation and that makes us impressive. In speaking of the tongue, James writes in James chapter 3, verse 9, With it, the tongue, we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men. We have been made, who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. He says, My brethren, these things ought not so to be. 
So the challenge. Be careful how you treat the rest of mankind because they also are God's creation. Now we don't have to agree with everything that everybody says. And we don't have to lay down and walk, let people walk over us, do we? It's okay, graduates. It's okay, church, for us to stand up and us to speak up. But let's follow all the examples of Scripture where people of God respected the rest of God's creation and they treated them so. And they spoke to them so. That's why it's important how we deal with people. Why? Because we are God's creation. And when we speak to God's creation, out of respect for God's creation, even when we stand up for what's right, even when we stand up for ourselves, it is impressive. Because we are His creation. Also, as you're thinking about a career path and taking uh, that you're going to take and contemplating what you're going to do the rest of your life, let me encourage you to do it this way. Though you will need to be concerned about money, though you will need to be concerned about the money that you make so that you can provide for your future families, Above and beyond that, above and beyond the money and above and beyond doing what you love, listen to me now, do it for God's glory. You see, you can make a lot of money and you can do what you love, but when you do it for God's glory, it's better and it's impressive. So whatever it is we do, do it for God's glory because it's impressive. Secondly, don't ever forget the power and importance of the Word of God. I was thinking about a cool idea that I I wanted to be able to reach up under here and give some batons and pass these batons to you. And I was thinking, man, that would be cool. Wouldn't it be passing the baton of faith? But then I realized you've been given that this morning. And I didn't have to break my back to actually my mind, what little bit's there, to come up with an idea. I want everybody, I want you guys, I want you 12 to hold those Bibles. Just hold on to those Bibles. Grab hold to them. Go ahead, Nolan, grab hold to it. You see, this is the baton, if you will. That's being passed on from your parents and look out here from your church family to say this is God's holy word and He speaks to you through it. Use it and use it often because it's that important. Remember again what the psalmist wrote, Psalm 119 and verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. There's a story that kind of has a sad ending I want to share with you, but also a powerful point. 
It's a Dear Abby story that has a powerful message to it. You see, there was a young man from a wealthy family who was about to graduate high school. It was a custom in their affluent community for parents to give their graduating children a new car. And the boy and his dad had spent weeks visiting one dealership after another. The week before graduation, they found the perfect car. And the boy was certain that it would be in the driveway on graduation night. On the eve of graduation, however, his father handed him a small package wrapped in colorful paper. The father said the package contained the most valuable gift the father could think of. It was a Bible. The boy was so angry he threw it down on the ground and stormed out of the house and he never spoke to or saw his father again. Several years later, the news of his father's death brought the son home again and following the funeral, he sat alone one evening at home going through his father's possessions that he would inherit when he came across the Bible that he had given him. Overwhelmed with grief, he brushed away the dust and cracked, open, cracked it open for the first time. And when he did, a cashier's check dated the day of his son's graduation fell into his lap. In the exact amount of the car that they had chosen together, the gift had been there all along, but he had turned it away. Now go, don't get your hopes up. There's no cashier's check in those Bibles. <laughs> But the point is this, the most valuable gift that the Father, God the Father has given us is His Word. And the only way we can learn to, uh, to live in life with all the problems, with all the pressures, and with all the perplexities of life, hear me now, is to learn to live in God's Word. Because problems will come. Pressures will come. Perplexities will come. And God has said, Here I am. Live in this Word. And it will make all the difference. And then the third challenge I want to give to you briefly. A challenge that comes from, I can speak and I want to stand here and speak for every member of the leadership of this body. Every member. By the way, before I forget, I want to encourage you to come back tonight. Especially you graduates and families because Dustin will share a message tonight. And I can promise you because I've talked to him and I know Dustin's heart. The message that he will share with you tonight will come from his heart and will come from the Word of God. So be here tonight if you will. Wherever you go to college, wherever you go in life, here's the challenge from the leadership of this body to you. Find and connect in the church wherever you are. Your church family will help you and they will help you through life. There you will be often reminded of the fundamentals that we've talked about this morning. You will be taught. You will be encouraged. You will be challenged to live by these fundamentals. And it will make a difference in your life. You see, without regular use of God's Word and involvement with His people, we starve spiritually. You see, so the words I'm sharing with you today is not a lesson just because Sunday comes every week. 
See, really, this is a message that Nolan's heard time and time again and my other boys. And it's a message that I need to be reminded of as well. I read a statement the other day about why people leave church. And the statement said, because they do not have a relationship with God. That's sad, isn't it? The one who runs a movie reel for us every day. From the time we wake up. Even for you night owls, you go out and you look at the stars. and That's God's creation speaking to us about who God is. That's God's creation saying, I want to have a relationship with you. And this book, that's God saying, I want to have a relationship with you. You want to know the answers to life? Here they are. You want to know about the problems that you're struggling with? I, I created you. You don't want to know how to deal with people? You treat them with respect like because they're my creation. And that will be impressive. I want you to notice the way the psalmist closes out this psalm. Psalm 19 and verse 14. Let this... Underline it in your Bibles. If you have an electronic device, go ahead and highlight it. Let this be... A verse that you memorize. A verse that you sing. There is a song. A verse that you proclaim through your life. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. You see, if that's our calling if that's our message what will be the message we hear when the Lord returns if we live by that if we live by these fundamentals every day we can hear well done good and faithful servant so how are you Surviving in this strange, sometimes strange world today. Are you struggling? Psalm 19 has given us the fundamentals. Are you ignoring God speaking through His creation? Is the Word of God a treasure to you? Are you connecting with God through His Word and through His people the church. You see, if you answer those questions and you say, no, really? No, no, no. Guess what opportunity that you have today? You have the opportunity to give your life to God. To submit your life through faith and obedience in Jesus Christ and be buried with Him in baptism like so many did in the book of Acts. To go on your way rejoicing Declaring I'm impressive because I'm God's creation. And I declare through my life that the words of God are true. They are powerful. They are pure. They are righteous. 
and they will make a difference in your life. Maybe you're here today and on what it's such a great day. A day that we celebrate graduating. Maybe these fundamental principles have reminded you of some things that you need to make right in your life. Or maybe it is that you've been touched by God's Word today. He speaks. And you're moved by His Word. Because Satan has thrown so many things in your life, so many problems, so many pressures, and so many perplexities. And you want to lay those at the feet of the throne of God. As you think about that, look around this room. I want you to know, you will not see one person that will say, hey, I got I'm better than you. You'll see a group of people that say, I'm with you. I'm here for you. I'm ready to pray with you. Let's walk through this together. As together we stand and sing.